Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider. We're back. We're recording a day after we just recorded. This is like like overtime city for the podcast, but we're here with a preview of the big five, full big five week to come. We got got LaSalle, UPenn, and St. Joe's on tap for the following week after Thanksgiving. Um, But more importantly, um, we are in the second part of this podcast is an interview with none other than Alan Ray, one of the best all-time players of the program, Jersey in the rafters type. In the rafters. Not type guy, like literally in Jersey. (laughs) Like like legit. No, like like 2,000 plus point scorer, elite eight, sweet 16. Um, all Big East, consensus All-American, played multiple years in Europe, won championships there, played to the Boston Celtics for a year. Like this guy is just absolutely, his resume is out of control good. And we have A-Ray on for a nice long interview after the break here. Rob, what are you drinking? Uh, tonight I am drinking none other than my former employer, Pepsi. I hate this company, but that's okay. Um, yeah, just didn't get around to the whiskey tonight. So alas, mm. here we are. So in honor of A-Ray, and this is a little bit of a stretch here, but I'm playing it. He played multiple years in Italy and it's the holiday season. And so I'm having a little bit of Di Sirono. Um, is it on the rocks? I had Di Sirono on the rocks. All right. Um, I finished it already. I finished it already. You can see me drinking it on the on the on the second half of the podcast because we interviewed A Ray first and with podcast magic. This is coming to your ears before the Alan Ray interview. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, and, and to be clear for our listeners, we're going to give our upcoming opponents the amount of attention that they actually deserve and warrant this year, which is about none. That's so, correct. We're going to move. Bulk of this pod is going to be A Ray quickly. We're going to move quickly through this through this interview here. But yes, to answer your question, I drank quite a bit of Di Sirono on the rocks, which was is a is a throwback to a really old, terrible commercial that used it, to be out there. It's so funny. It's a great commercial. I also want to point out to our listeners, I expect a big thank you note. You know, as Chris mentioned, we are doing overtime work here. This is two nights in a row. I flew home yesterday to visit my dad. I am yet again in my childhood bedroom. I think my dad is like, did you actually come here to visit me? Or did you just like come here to get a new location for your podcast? Cause I was literally like, we got to leave dinner early. I got to go back and do this interview. I've spent the last few hours up here. So listeners, as always, we are doing God's work for you from God's lips to your ears. Here it is. The full 40. Is that our new tagline? God's work. God's work. God's, God's work. work. God's work. The, the truth of the matter is, is that Nicole was done a, with you recording in the apartment for a while <laughs> yeah, please and please. and you didn't want to inter uh do the recording in front of that little like you know flimsy screen that you use to yeah. to, to silence it out so in your two-bedroom brooklyn apartment so you know that's the that's the reality of the situation so here 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 you are recording with a bunk bed in the background okay and we're, and we're, and we're moving forward here so Indeed. let's get into the pre preview let's do it the preview of the week that comes and just to give you guys the sense of preparation that we provide here on the Full 40, we looked at Ken Palm and ESPN.com and Sports Reference to give you this information because we haven't watched a single fucking game of LaSalle U Penn of St. Joe's because they fucking suck. Because and we should terrible. blow the fuck out of these teams. No questions asked. Like yes. we debated even not doing a preview. But we didn't think it was like that was nice. We didn't think that was the right thing to do. These are big five opponents. We should do a preview. So here we are giving you a preview. You're welcome. Yes. Nova Nation and the big five. In in Um, all seriousness, like this preview is light because these guys are more or less cupcakes. I will say, though, I've been pretty anti big five in the past of late 
this year, I think my mindset shifts a little bit with how hard our out-of-conference schedule has been because we've gone from test to test to test. It's okay that we've got some lighter work coming up, especially coming off of this week we have. So from a fan's perspective, you can shift your mindset this year. It's okay to play some of these crappy big five teams, and it's okay that they're not great this year. Pretty much. These are like, we play Mount St. Mary's, Howard, LaSalle, St. Joe's, UPenn. Yeah. That's like, they're all the same in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So this is quote unquote, the easy big five schedule because the easy schedule, because historically St. Joe's and Temple are the better program. So not having to play them away is better. So we have St. Joe's and Temple at home this year. And we have LaSalle and UPenn on their campuses this year, um, which is technically the easy version of the schedule. Um, so just to break it down, we have LaSalle on Sunday evening. Um, so right in the middle of football watching, you got to watch this Villanova LaSalle game. Uh, LaSalle is Ken Palm 217. They're two and two on the year. Um, not having a great year at all. Um, Ashley Howard, uh, a Jay Wright disciple, the coaching tree is spreading. This is where he's getting his start. Um, he has brought in, um, you know, some recruits, some transfers, et cetera. He's trying to get the program going. Uh, unfortunately for him, Dana O'Neill actually just put an article out, I believe, recently. LaSalle is like investigating, like going belly up in D1 sports overall because like they're like they're almost like financially insolvent. So like there is, yeah, it's on the, like, go check that out. It's like, it's like a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, we, we, we tried to do a, a hot or not for our last preview, I think for teams, this is a decidedly not, not hot, not, not, <laughs> not, hot, hot. not, not at all hot. No, um, very cold, very cold. Yes. Um, but they do have some um, players to, to think about here. The points leader for the team is Josh Nickelberry. Um, so a little, Nickel back, nickel berry guy real, going on really, there. Really stretching. That's here. great. That's great. And then they have an all name team, Jameer Brickus. Brickus. Brickus is a great name. Doesn't bode well for basketball success. <laughs> I was going to say all, all a, name team for like not playing basketball. That's right. It's a terrific name. Um, so that's all we got on LaSalle. We should yeah. win 20 we should plus win points. Big, big, like big. Huge. Yeah, huge, 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 huge. All right, then we have UPenn. So this is the game. Really, really just mailing it in this one. Oh, yeah, this is just quick and quick and dirty here. I like it. I like it. Keep moving. Keep rolling. Then we play UPenn, who's Ken Palm 197. They've already played seven games. They're three and four. <laughs> I don't know how. That's seven more games than they have played in like 20 months. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they, wait, did they not play it all last yeah, year? They didn't did not play it like all last semester? year because the Ivy League was like, COVID is bad and therefore we will not play. It's irresponsible to play in a <laughs> pandemic. And so they didn't play. Um, and so here we are. But Ken Palm 197 means that they're not horrible, but they're still pretty bad. Um, things to think about with them. They actually lost in double overtime to Utah State in their turkey tournament. Um, and Utah State went on to beat Oklahoma. So sure. I don't know what you sure. draw from there, but maybe the most capable of the teams that were playing. So, this week. so you're saying they're better than Oklahoma. And the last big five game that we lost was against UPenn. So um, we're, in the, we're, we're really stretching here. In we're the really infamous, this is why it was my second choice, uh, Javon Quinterly game. Oh, shit. Damn. Yes. Wow. That was an epic, epic Instagram post. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Man, talk it was about my second in... choice for a reason. That was the exact quote. Talk that about putting, after putting you the in the doghouse. The lost, the last big five game that we played. That's it. Goodness. That we gracious. lost. That we lost. That we lost. Okay. Um, but so, yeah, we should, we should win this one too. Yeah. Win this one too. I'm going to go with a 15, 20 point game. I think UPenn will keep it a little bit close. We're on their campus. It's at the Palestra. Exciting. Woo. Whatever. Um, 
you know, I think we're going to win, though, going away. Perfect. They're, but they have an all-name team and a points leader wrapped up in the same guy, Jordan Dingle. So, <laughs> Who would you rather have, Dingle or Brickus? I would like Josh Nickelberry to have a child with Jordan Dingle and for that child's name to be Dingleberry. That's terrible. Please, move on. <laughs> Please we're done. It's too much. We're done. We're, this is horrible. Horrible. That's terrible. Horrible. I'm not even giving you the courtesy laugh on that one. That's oh, crazy. come on. That was terrific. Oof, um, oof, 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 oof. All right. So then we wrap up this epic week of basketball, this just insane week of basketball, playing all of these, you know, ranked opponents, if you consider every team to be ranked. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> In, if you if you rank all three hundred, if you rank teams, all three hundred teams, which is what Ken Palm ranked, does, yeah. So there you go. They're right. Ken Palm St. Joe's is the two hundred thirty eighth best team in the land. We get to play them at the Pavilion, so good luck to them. Uh, Billy Lange, um, you know, assistant, uh, former assistant coach under Jay Wright, so another Jay Wright disciple. Um, there was an all name team there in Taylor Funk. Um, Charlie Brown has left the program there. So that's, that's no longer, that was a fun time when he was on St. Joe's. Uh, this is, this is going to be a 30 plus point blowout guys. This yeah. is not going to be fucking close. Yeah. Um, I, I think the big thing from this week is looking at not our top five and six guys who we've learned a lot about, but looking to see who else Jay puts on where the bench minutes come from. You would expect to see them get more time this week. And ideally that gives us a little bit of an indication of how things may shake out a little bit later, as you'll hear later on in the podcast from Alan Ray, he talks a lot about guys earning the trust of Jay Wright and the coaching staff. These are some great games, especially if they are blowouts where some of these younger guys can start to earn some of that trust. Ideally do it on the court in addition to what they're showing at practice as well, too. So I think that's the that's the big thing to watch from a fan perspective, whether it sticks after the big five play. Your guess is as good as mine. But that's that's what I'd be watching for. Yep. Um, so. Should we bring it? Uh, up? I mean, um, yeah, what should we bring it up? Yeah, let's bring it home. I mean, you said everything that we want to say. I said everything that we want to say. This week is just kind of like, um, hey, we get to watch some games this week. Fun. Like, cool. I'll watch the games. I'm going to watch all the games. That's what we do here at the Full Four. We watch our games. All right. Second half of the podcast is much more enjoyable. Some great insight from Alan Ray. A great conversation with him. We get into some more higher quality content than talking about terrible big five teams. So, Definitely stick around for that. You'll need more than the full 40 minutes to, uh, to listen to the whole thing, yeah, but it's, uh, I, it's worth it. I, uh, and we get stronger at the finish, not the, not as opposed to, um, well, as, as we established in our last podcast, we are, uh, we struggle to start. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> this, uh, this episode of the full 40 is brought to you by Roman. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, all right, guys. Look, here's the deal. We said everything. This week sucks. Like, what, I mean, what, 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 what do you fucking want me to tell you? Just, just watch the games. We're gonna win all three. It'll be great. We'll get some wins under the belt. We'll be six and two by the end of this week, and then we get to prep for Syracuse, who also sucks. But it'll be fun because it's Syracuse at Madison Square Garden. That's all we got for you guys. Go listen to the second half of the podcast. Thanks for listening, and as always, let's go. Let's Nova. go, Nova. Damn it. Don't fucking do it. Don't 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 try to do that. Just like let me just roll into the second half of the podcast. Fuck you. Love it. everybody welcome back it's a full 40 with chris and rob part of the stay tuned network brought to you by nova insider we are now joined by a very very special guest of the podcast the one and only alan ray hey ray how are you doing today what's up guys how everybody doing i'm doing good man excited to be on here excited to talk nova hoops 
Awesome. Awesome. We're pumped to have you, man. It's yeah. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm def- definitely pumped to be here right now. <laughs> so so let's do um let's go a little bit. I want to talk, I, I gotta like give you a proper introduction here. So Alan Ray is <laughs> 2006 Big East champion, honored on all three, on three of on three Big East teams, capped by being on the 2006 Big East first team, a 2006 consensus All-American, led the team to the 2005 Sweet 16 and 2006 Elite Eight, helped resurrect the program, no small feat, um, 2,025 career points, good for seventh all time, and second only to Scotty Reynolds in the Jay Wright era, ahead of teammate Randy Foy, other legends such as Ryan Archidiacono, Josh Hart, Chris Jenkins, Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, Corey Fisher, Javon Pinkston, and also ahead of program legends Ed Pinckney and Paul Arizin. Your Not jersey bad. hangs in the rafters. And after that, you went on to play a year in the NBA and then and then also had multiple time champion in Europe. Uh, not a bad resume. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not, not bad at all. Not bad at all. So my first question for you is, why did you travel in the 2005 Sweet 16? Why'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what was going on with the ref. I, if you could tell by my facial expression, like I really thought that was an one. Yeah. I mean, I remember taking two steps, one, two. And if anything, not a travel on the on the on the on the um, the steps, but maybe on the way down, it was kind of close when I let the ball go and when my feet touched the ground. But besides that, like I don't I don't that's see that's not what they call I don't, them. I don't, exactly. <laughs> I don't see the the, the yeah. walk. And I remember the guys. I can't remember who was calling that game, and they really sat there and said that I took three steps, and I was just like. I don't see the three steps. I I, I see two steps, but well, I mean, we, we don't that, see that, it either. We don't see it either. I mean, I've watched that, the replay about a million times and uh, not seeing it. So. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just one of the, I, I don't think I've ever been that surprised in my life. <laughs> I, I mean, the look on your face, the, the, the entire thing, you were just kind of like, what? Like, yes. <laughs> I, wish I, 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 just, yeah. I just couldn't believe it. Like, I was just looking at the ref like, dude, are you serious right now? <laughs> Like we play oh, in North yeah. Carolina. This is the tournament right now. You just called a walk on me. That was an end one. Terrible, 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 absolutely terrible. Now I had to ask that. In all seriousness, now where are you joining us from today? Um, right now I'm uh in Atlanta. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, that's my home now. Uh, out here with my wife. Uh, my son's out here, and um, I'm doing some real estate investing out here as well. Awesome. Awesome. How'd you, um, how'd you get into that? Um, well, my wife has been trying to get me to do this for a long time. Um, in, uh, real estate investing. I had lived in Vegas. I lived in Vegas oh, and wow. yeah, I, I was out there when I was playing cause I would train. They have mm-hmm. a impact gym out there. I would train. Kyle Lowry would come in the summers. Like we would train together. And, um, the summer that I, that I decided to move and come to Atlanta, we had stayed in, uh, little apartment complex and it was an airbnb next to us and there was just people coming in and out in and out in and out and i was just like damn like i wonder how much this person is getting every month just from doing this airbnb like this because it was just getting booked and booked and booked so i kind of like got the idea from that and uh it kind of gave me the confidence to really pursue this real estate and uh, really jump into it gotcha so when you finished your playing career in Europe, is that you land, you kind of went to Georgia? That was where you decided to, to wind up? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, my son is out here, but me and his mom are not together. But being away playing um, in Europe, you know, you're not really home that much. So now I'm home and I just wanted to be able to spend some time and uh, be with family and stuff like that. So I decided to, to come down here and uh the real estate market down here is great as well. Awesome, awesome. I had, I had, I had also lived down here too. I had lived down here um, like ten years ago, so gotcha. it was, the, it, it was the return. 
Gotcha. The return to, to Atlanta. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, that's, uh, that's, that's cool. And I'm glad to hear that you're having um, a lot of success. We talked about this a little bit before we came, we went live on the pod, um, but we're definitely going to have a longer form interview with you next off season to talk. We want to get all into it, like get into your, um, your life and your playing career, what brought you to Villanova, your time in Europe. There's so much there that could probably take over an hour. Um, and we don't, we don't have that kind of time in the holiday week here, but we absolutely want to get into that kind of after, after the season's over. So we'd love to have you back on. For sure. Awesome. So one thing I have noticed is that since you've been back, um, um, you know, back from overseas, you've been, you've been really closely following and into the program, watching every game. You've been asking people on Twitter to ask you questions, etc. cetera. Um, obviously let's, so let's get into that a little bit. Let's get into the, into the current team. Uh, obviously a, a disappointing end to the, this weekend and the UCLA putting that out there too. Um, you were clearly watching as well. A lot of active commentary on Twitter. Um, I think we'd be remiss not to start with what is the biggest topic of conversation among the <laughs> fan base right now. Um, uh, tired legs and kind of what's causing all of that. Um, what do you think, how real of a problem is that and how much do you think this impacted the team? Okay. So let me, let me just say this right now. Like I, I played with coach, right? So I know his thinking. You know, and I know what he prides himself on in the program. So I do believe, yes, these guys probably are suffering from, like, being tired and playing so many minutes during a game. But at the same time, if Coach Wright doesn't trust you to play, like, he's not going to put you in the game. No. You know, he, he's, he's not going to put you in the game at all. And even like my freshman year, when I got to Villanova, there was a bunch of upperclassmen in front of us. And like, we had to earn our playing time. You know, I, I wound up, me, Randy, we wound up playing a lot of minutes freshman year. Jason played minutes. Kurt didn't play as much minutes because there was a bunch of people in Kurt's, in Kurt's position. But I just feel like um, the freshman the bench, like these guys have to earn their 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 minutes on the court. So like you got Caleb, Caleb Daniels, he comes off the bench. Obviously he was starting last year. So he's a guy that Coach Wright trusts. You know, Arch, Archie Diagonal is a guy that Coach Wright trusts. So with the younger guys, like what I can tell, tell them is they need to, in practice, like they, they have to go after it. They have to go after it and practice if they want to get on this court because that's that's the only way that they're going to get on the court. So, like, if you going up against Jermaine Samuels, yes, I know he's 6'6", 240, but you need to go after him in practice. You need to go after um, Brandon Slater in practice. You need to get after Colin in practice. You need to get after Justin Moore in practice. If you want to get on the court, like, that's what you got to do. And I'm not talking about offensively. I'm talking about defensively. Um, if y'all doing a drill in practice and you on the weak side and somebody drives, like, you better be there. If there's a rotation that needs to be made, make that rotation. Because I guarantee you, if you do that kind of stuff, you're going to get on the court. And once they start getting on the court, that's going to help the team out so much. Like, we have so much potential. And once they're able to get on the court and they can gain that trust from Coach Wright, I guarantee you, like, we'll be a much better team. We are a good team now, but it's going to take oh, us, yeah. put us to the next level. So that's that's how I feel about that situation right now. Like, Coach Wright, like, he has to have trust in you to bring you in off the bench. And for the guys that's playing right now, too, like, you know the situation right now. He's not using the bench. I know you guys are tired, but you got to suck it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to suck it up. I mean – we know how coach is and uh you should look at it like man i'm a top 10 team in the country and i and right now i get to play 40 minutes you know you might not be able to go to duke or north carolina and play 40 minutes like you getting to play 40 minutes a game like go out there and and get it done 
You know, we had we had a couple of leads that we gave away, especially in the Purdue game. You know, like I love you guys for sure. You know, but it's tough love. Like you, you got to get that done. We had that game, and you had you got suck that up and get that done. I like it. Put putting everybody on blast a little bit. So I I gotta I gotta ask the question though. How much do you think the tired legs and the short bench really played into the losses? Like, was that a key? Was that a key element to your mind, or was there something else? Um. I, I just feel like we gave it away, you know, um, like I said before, yeah, we was, we was tired, but you know, we played so well that game. Like if you look at what I was saying um, on Twitter before the game about the, um, the big guys, Eddie, how do you say his name? Edie. Edie. Yeah. Edie, Edie and Williams, you know, they like let them get their points. They was playing great yeah. in the paint. They was, they was playing good. They was scoring in the paint doing everything, but we were still winning the game and we was up by 11 because Ivy and Stevanovic was not in the game. Nothing. But soon as second half came around that nine minute mark, Ivy started pushing the ball up court, getting to the lane and start dishing out for everybody. And they start hitting shots and that's how they start going. He got Caleb first, uh, a dunk under the, um, the rim off the fast break. And then once that happened, it was just like, we just crumbled from there. But we did a great job of slowing him down and slowing Stefanovic down and let the big men do what they do. Because, I mean, I'm a guard. I don't, you can't win championships without, without guards. So you right. can let the bigs, let the big score or whatever. It was taking the, the ball out of Ivy's hands and Stefanovic's hands. So I think we, we just went away from that. We let Ivy get going. The same thing happened in the UCLA game in, uh, in, in, uh, in overtime. Uh, the point guard just start tearing us apart and start getting guys open looks. And that kind of opened up the game for us. I think we just went away from that. No, I mean, obviously like, look, as a, we've seen it from your time on campus that Jay Wright teams have been undersized, if you will, but great guard play. You know, we went small. I thought that was working for us for a lot of the game um, because you know, once you start making teams run, like you make those big guy run, you make those big guys work defensively super hard and you get them out of sorts and you make them play your style of game. We let them play their style of game for the last 10 minutes and it came really fast and furious, um, as you were saying. Yeah, exactly. And if you watch the game, they couldn't even keep Edie out in the game like that because where we would go pick and roll, like we would just exploit that you know he he didn't he couldn't stay in the game for so long because we were too quick for him we was getting in the lane making plays like you see how we move the ball like Jermaine pump fake get in the lane kick out to the wing extra pass to the corner three like we were doing stuff like that and Purdue's coach knew that and he just couldn't keep Edie in the game like that and uh they made that they made that adjustment but you know we still was playing we still was playing relatively good and we was like you said, we was playing our game plan and uh, we we let Purdue do what yeah. they wanted to do. We let Purdue get comfortable. And, I do like, have to say do that. I do have to say the the free throws and the turnovers were uncharacteristic plays um, late in that game, especially a guy like Colin Gillespie never turns the ball over like ever. Um, and then I mean him and and more and, and and a few of the other guys missed free throws. I think Caleb, who was shooting the ball fine um, that game, uh, really was kind of turned it around on a shooting front um, in that game while missing free throws left and right. And it was between that and the turnovers. I feel like that's kind of the difference. I just I think when I was looking at it, I say, OK, uncharacteristic equals they're not feeling a hundred percent. Like the mind goes before the body and then, and then, and then the body starts to give out too. But yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious, like building off of that. If you're one of the guys who's playing, you're in there, you're playing the full 40 minutes. Like what's going through your head at that point? Are you like, Hey, I'm tired and I could use a couple minutes or are you just like, nah, I'm here. Like, we're just going to run this and get it done. Like how are, as a player, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, so like me personally and, and uh with with our team, with our Randy, um, Kyle and us, Mike Nardi, we like we we had that instilled in us, you know, just to 
to just to go out there and fight. Because like you said, we didn't really have a bench either. And uh, we always played with a whole bunch of guards. So our main thing was just to, like, we got to get it done. We got to get it done no matter how tired we are. You know, we got to pick each other up. That was that was one of the things we always said to each other. Like, we got to pick each other up. You know, like, if if I'm tired, you know, Randy, uh, come pick me up. Like, hey, Ray, let me guard him, right? Let me guard him. Get yourself a rest. And then, you know, once you get your breath, your breath back, come back. And then, like, we'll switch again. But we always used to hold each other accountable, like, even in the game. Like, if I made a turnover or Randy made a turnover, we always – we'll come to each other, like, listen, that was a bad pass, you know? Like, you got to be solid. You got to be solid. We can't we can't afford those mistakes right now. And then it was like, you know what, you're right, you're right. And, you know, it, it'll get us back on track. But the free throws, I do agree with you. The free throws, like, that's free money. You got to make that. You got to make the free throws. And once they start missing the free throws, that's when I was like, man, like I, you can just, you could just see, you could just see like us kind of falling off, falling off, falling off after making those free throws, and then Colin yeah. uh, made 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 that turnover. It, it definitely was very uncharacteristic, I, but it's I, a I learn, be, it's a learning experience. I may be it's reading through to learn from. I may be reading through the lines a little bit here, but I feel like I'm hearing you say that your team was tougher than the current team. I mean, I'm just. I'm just hearing, I'm just playing back what I'm hearing here. Nah, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I don't like to compare teams, you know, like every team is, is just different. I'm just giving you my experience from I hear when you. we I'm just play, giving you a hard time. Yeah. Like that's just what we would do. You know, like we just will always pick each other up because we were, we were small. Like coach Wright used to always say we got five minutes on the court. So we, we, we were always, we were, we were small. So we always had to like, be tougher than everybody and like have each other's back. We could never do anything like on our own. Oh, I love it. I, love I mean, it. I, I look at this team and, you know, it's kind of easy to draw a little bit of comparison, at least at the current moment with the, with your senior year team, given the fact that, you know, with is a smaller lineup um, and, um, and it's great guard play. You know, you got guys who can shoot guys, you can break it down. Um, and then, and then, you know, we've had, you know, Dixon step up quite a bit um, down low, kind of in the same way that Bump Sheridan um, did in, in, in 06 when, when, because Frazier kind of was always kind of star-crossed with injuries. Um, yeah. And, um, and really Dante Cunningham was kind of playing like a little bit of like, he was off the bench, um, went on to be obviously the leader on the final four team, but um, it's, it's it you can make some comparisons there but the, i think the, the the closest comparison is because it's like a guard oriented team it's a little undersized with a short bench you guys got it done you guys got to the elite eight so yeah yeah but we ran in we ran into that florida team man they they was just they were so big and they just like we just couldn't do anything we just couldn't do anything like no matter how hard we played like they just they was just too big for us yeah. at every single at every single position Totally. Uh, um, so, so I got to ask, so who's, so obviously we've got a short bench. We're talking about it. Who does Jay turn to next? Like assuming this bench expands a little bit and we get guys in, who do you think he turns to who becomes, I guess the eighth man or even though like a fuller seventh man, if you will, because Arch isn't playing a whole lot right now. Yeah. It's whoever wants it, man. It's like, Ooh, okay. Okay. Who, who, whoever wants it, whoever, is ready whoever is it, it, it wants to play because I, I know these guys you freshmen you didn't come to Villanova to sit on the bench uh, when I was a freshman I didn't come to Villanova to sit on the bench um I could tell you a story when we uh we came in as freshmen like I said there was a lot of upperclassmen seniors Gary Buchanan uh Andrew Sullivan Andreas Block uh Ricky Wright um we came in and I'm pretty sure if you ask them they'll tell you that we was arrogant we was pretty <laughs> arrogant we had a lot of confidence because you know we didn't we didn't come to Villanova to sit on the bench like we wanted to play we was coming for your spot like I would go up against Gary Buchanan every day in practice I definitely had a lot of respect for him but I want to play so right. I'm 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 in your I mean, yeah, ass every practice, and we would we would battle it out and go at and and, and uh, go at go at each other. But it was it was always respectful, but it was just competition, and I think that made me a better player, and it made him a better player. 
And I definitely had earned my minutes um, to get on the court at that time. So I feel the same way about the freshman. Like I just I can't tell you exactly who's gonna be the one to step up. It's just whoever wants to take that opportunity. And trust me, if 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 you want to, coach will give it to you, but you just gotta prove it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought with Antoine, before Antoine went down, I thought that, okay, seven guys with Caleb and Antoine off the bench, that's that's a pretty good rotation there, maybe a little bit of arch and whatever. And then we didn't necessarily need a lot more freshmen because seven guys is enough, like seven full guys is enough to win a title. Um, And especially when your sixth and seventh guys are Caleb Daniels and Brian Antoine, those guys are absolutely extremely good athletes who can shoot the shit out of the ball um, uh, and can, and can make a lot of plays off the bench. Um, And some days, in some days kind of play that Dante DiVincenzo role of being like the, the microwave off the bench and, and absolutely light you up. Um, But the, um, but when Antoine went down and everything that's coming out of, the program right now says that that's going to be a, still a, a ways out until he's back. Like I thought like, man, it just seems like if Colin and, and Justin and, and those guys aren't able to, aren't able to be at 80% or 90% late in the game against big time teams, it's just, you wonder like, man, Longino for three minutes in the first half, does it help? I, I don't know. I obviously we, we like, if you listen to the last pod, we were all over that, um, you know, I hear what you're saying. I get it that 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 if he, Jay doesn't trust you, he doesn't play you. He does play them in the lower marquee games, so to speak, the 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 less the less big time games. But it's I'm I'm hopeful that these guys earn their way onto the court soon because that'll make us better. Because it'll make Colin better. It'll make Justin better. Uh, so that's kind of where my head's at. No, definitely. I mean, that's that's like everybody's analysis right now like I, I I mean I completely agree with you as well you know I'm, I'm not the coach but you know I definitely would like to see these guys get in the game but for me being a former player like I, I know they're not mm-hmm. in the game for they're not in the game for a reason like it, it, it it's crazy because you can put somebody in the game and the game can turn around in in a couple of seconds you know a couple of mistakes here a couple of mistakes here and then boom the game is blown wide open now you have no chance to get back you know a lot of people don't understand that so like just think about if you're a coach and you're in a close game right now and you're like all right I need to put somebody in the game but I'm not I don't I don't, I don't want to do it and then you know now we completely out the game now we're 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 lost and it's going to be tough for us to come back so it's kind of a hard decision to make but at Mm -hmm. the same time you know if coach has to figure that out as well because you know I'm I'm sure coach knows you know he knows like yeah we need to have our bench like we need a bench I need to get these guys a rest for sure like he knows he knows that oh totally and and he's gonna figure it out great thing about it this is the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. so Everything I trust, everything is going to going to get figured out. But for right now, it's frustrating, especially as a fan, to see the game against Purdue and UCLA. So I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to ask the question. So, as a common fan who doesn't know a lot, which is to be clear, Chris and I here, you know, the the talk track is like, all right, that loss is a little bit on Jay. Like we think from an outsider perspective, he made the choice. He didn't put in any subs. The guy's legs were tired. And that's that loss is on him. But I'm curious, like what the take ends up being in the locker room at practice. And I think I know the answer kind of based on what you were saying earlier. But like, does Jay and the coaching staff, do they take responsibility and say, hmm, yeah, you know, we should have rethought that and actually would have done a different approach? Or is it just like, no, guys, this is our strategy and you've got to execute on it, whether it's six guys who are playing, seven guys who are playing, eight guys who are playing. I'm, I'm just really curious kind of what that dynamic ends up being after the game. Yeah, so um, it's funny. I spoke with I spoke with Mike Nardi, and his answer was kind of towards with the last thing you said. You know, it's just like, this is our game plan. You know, we got to get it done. And uh, definitely I'm the coaching staff is aware, like, yes, um, we need, bench players we need guys to step up um we it would have been great if we had these guys in the game but like I said right now is not a possibility you know for some reason whatever the reason is you know 
is the trust is just not there to put the to put these guys in the game at this uh, at the moment right now. But as far as like with the locker room and uh, with the players, I'm pretty sure, especially the older guys, um, Jermaine, Colin, um, they're definitely reassuring the the young guys just to keep pushing, keep working hard, and like you'll get your opportunity. You know, I don't I don't think there's any negativity there. Like, oh man, coach should have put me in a game. Uh, forget that. Like, I need to play. Like, no, I, I don't think there's any any of that in there. Because if you if you watch the games, you look at the bench. Like those young guys are cheering their ass off on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're happy for these guys. So I, I doubt that they have like any negative energy going on out, out there. And that's the one thing. Like that's why I know in the future, like they're going to get it because you could just see their enthusiasm on the bench, not playing, but still cheering for these guys standing up clapping so yeah so i think uh i just go back to what you said man i just think it's more of like these guys got to get it done like colin and, and jermaine like they 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 know they know what they got to do and i'm pretty sure if you ask them you know they'll say the same thing like you know we we let our foot off the gas and, and we should have put them away well some good news is that is that the Baylor team that we're playing is it be the next big game? Um, doesn't have our, Donna, doesn't have Mitchell on that team. They don't have those guys. That's true. That's big. <laughs> the other point I was going to raise is that they are now in the top seven or eight teams in the country. So we get yet another top five, ten opponent on the on the non conference schedule, and that's a revenge game for us. So those guys pick up that W boom, that's the non-conference schedule. You got the Tennessee win, you got a Baylor win and you played Purdue and UCLA who were title favorites and, you know, had them down big. Like that's a good boost for the, for the confidence of this team going into uh, into the big East season. So I, look, we're, we never said here that we're all is lost or anything like that, but you know, we, we obviously expressed some concern. We want to see those young guys get in just, even five minutes would just be like, for me, look outside or looking in would be like awesome. And speaking of Mike Nardi, what you told us before the game is that he hooked you up with that sweet, um, that sweet throwback hoodie. And uh, I, I, I wish I had a friend like that in the program. <laughs> yeah, this uh, when I seen this hoodie too, I was like, he uh, he actually was right there when I opened it too. I was like, "Yeah, this is nice. Thanks, Mike." Nice. <laughs> yeah, I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> and for those who are listening, he's wearing the uh, the throwback, the seventies uh, block V with the yellow uh, with the yellow uh, outline, um, and it looks sweet. It's kind of on like the right chest. Um, it's awesome. Um, all right, on the team, staying on the team, the. What are your thoughts on the floor? Rob and I think that this team has a very high floor because of the caliber of the top six. So like the worst this team's ever going to be is really good. Um, But like, what are your thoughts on the floor and the ceiling of this team? And I'll ask it in the context of like some of the layers. So like big East regular season, big East tournament, NCAA tournament. Where do you think the floor lies with this team? All right. So I feel like me personally, Big East, like we, I, I think we can win Big East. We, we just showed that we can play with UCLA, number two team in the country, and UCLA is good. And we have UCLA on the ropes. Right. Purdue, Purdue is a really good team, and they got a 7-4 guy, which probably is the only 7-4 guy in college. I don't think they're ever going to see another seven four guy, and they played. So uh, they played great that game. They played great. I mean, they played him tough. He worked for all his baskets. Like, there's no doubt about it that this team is tough, and there's no doubt about it that this team is good. You know, I really think that this team can uh, can win the Big East. Um, I definitely think in the tournament, at, like at the minimum, Sweet Sixteen. But I don't really like to make predictions and stuff like that. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the Villanova basketball answer right now, <laughs> which which is we're gonna take every game game by game. Like we're not gonna look into the future, into the Big East tournament. We're gonna set little small goals. 
So we want to win this game. We want to win the next game and the game after that. Like, that's it. That's all we focusing on. You, this, you got like, you got too well trained. Fifteen years out, and you're still giving us the Villanova man, Ridiculous! Man, Ridiculous! Man. Hey, this this that's just from being around Coach Wright, man. He used that's that's what he used to tell us all the time. You know, like don't look at the future. Don't look at. Don't think about NCAA tournament right now. Like we nowhere near there. Like we play Stony Brook tomorrow. Like, that's who we focusing on. That's what we focus on. And then after that, then we focus on the next opponent. And then when it starts getting closer, okay, we got two games left. All right, let's try to win this Big East tournament outright. Then we get to the Big East tournament. Okay, we got three games. Now it's time. Okay, let's try to win this Big East tournament. Then when you get to the tournament, okay, it's one and done. Same, it goes back to the same principle. We, we play whoever today. That's what we focus on. And then we go game from game from there. I love it. I mean, look, the one thing that's been a pretty sharp constant in the Jay Wright era is that you could point to some of the round of 32 games. And I'll put that aside for a second because every team who makes March Madness is good. But aside from that, in the, in the, in the 20 years or 15 plus 20 plus years of Jay Wright, like, um, especially since you guys kind of reached your junior year, Villanova doesn't lose a lot of games in the regular season that it should win. Like we haven't had, like there's been a couple losses that I could think of. And the fact that you can remember them is a pretty good side that like this team doesn't pick up bad L's. And it speaks to that attitude of like, Hey, guess what? The next game is LaSalle. That's our entire season is LaSalle on, on Sunday next week. So you know, I, that it, it works. It works, right? So, like, don't yeah. go away from it. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a good strategy. I think it's a good way to, to, to look at it, you know. And basketball, is yes, it's physical, but it's also mental. You know, going into the games, like, you got to be mentally prepared just as you are physically prepared. And I, and I think taking it game by game helps you more mentally to be in the moment and not overlook your opponents. Because that's how a lot of good teams – lose the games like you overlook your opponent you're going to a game like oh we play such and such oh we're going to beat them or like okay for example when we were in uh the lead eight against florida right okay we played florida year before and we beat them remember that we played florida we played them the year before we beat them and i remember we was on the layup line we was on the layup line and george mason had beat uconn and we saw that George Mason beat UConn. And I remember being on that layup line and we was like, oh man, we going to the final four. Cause we just beat Florida last year and we was playing them again. And we're like, oh, we're about to beat them. And we're going to the final four. And we came out and got our ass kicked. <laughs> I mean, you ran, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before but you ran into an absolute juggernaut. Like some of the best teams that I've seen are like that 06, 07, 05, 06, 07 Florida team, the 2009 UNC team, the 2018 Nova team. Like, like you're talking about, you're talking about one of the best teams ever in college basketball. So no shame in losing to Florida in the uh, 06 Elite Eight. I know it didn't feel like that at the time. Yeah. In retrospect, I think you can see it. (laughs) But we beat, we beat them the year before they had the same team. So it was like, we wasn't thinking about like, oh, we beat them last year and they hungry to beat us now. Like we wasn't even thinking like that. We, we were thinking about going to the final four and right. playing George Mason and slapping them. Right. And we, right. and we wound up losing to, uh, to Florida. Absolutely. So yeah, that's a good point right there. That's why you don't overlook opponents. No. I'm, I'm curious, you, you've mentioned, and we were kind of joking about how consistent Jay's been, like obviously like in the media training and certainly that attitude of approaching games. Is there anything you can tell that he's changed over the years since you've graduated or from what you can tell, is it, is it pretty much the same style and approach? Obviously he's been through a lot at this point. His hair's a little oh, yeah. grayer. Hair's a little grayer, <laughs> yeah. And, and, no, and no suits, obviously, as we've, as we've beaten to death. Two things. Well, from this year, he doesn't wear as many suits. I'm surprised. Yep. I haven't seen him with a suit on. And two, he doesn't yell as much. Like, that's Ooh, one of the big... Okay. We talk about that all the time. Like, he does not yell as much as he used to when I was in school. Like, he's calmed down with that a lot. And uh, 
I think that's just that's just because he doesn't really have to anymore because when we were when we were playing you know we didn't have upperclassmen to like teach us and show us how to win like now in the program the upperclassmen do a great job of that showing the young guys what they need to do so he doesn't have to like be on you so much about it but yeah he he was a he was a yeller when (laughs) when we were when we were in school i i mean there was some times where we play a game in an empty pavilion and you could hear Jay just like, what the fuck, my pussy this, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's just everyone for everybody just yelling. He definitely doesn't seem to do that anywhere yeah. near as much anymore. There is one funny memory I have, Pat Chambers. It's a Pat Chambers story. I was at a game in 2008, 2009 season. It was like Thanksgiving weekend. And we were playing against the worst teams, like just terrible teams in the palestra but it was like against like Towson. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't anybody. So there was like all of like a hundred people in the palestra. I was one of them, um, which speaks to like the, what kind of a sick fuck I am. But like I was there <laughs> and, and Shane Clark was wide open for a three and he pump fakes against nobody. Al, Al, yeah. there, was, Aaron, there was nobody defending him. He like just up fakes and then, he like made a move, traveled because he shuffled his feet, um, gets whistled the other way. And Pat Chambers, you just hear at the top of his lung, Shane, shoot the fucking ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that yelling used to be a part of the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely was. Yeah, definitely was. Those those times are over now. These guys are they they a little sensitive now. They're shut. They're shut down a little bit. Oh man, oh man. First off, you were saying oh back in 06, you know, we we took our six guys and got it done, and now you're calling them sensitive. I don't know, man. <laughs> some hot, some hot takes. I like some that. Hot takes. <laughs> this, is, this, is all bas- this is all basketball players, like even even professionals in the league right now. Like look at Ben Simmons, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's the truth. That Ben Simmons sensitive. story. Is crazy. Yeah. Woo. Oh, oh so true. All right. So, so area, I got to ask. So we do, Chris and I give out awards each week on the show. Two of the awards we give out are uh, the Shaq fit man play of the week named after strength and conditioning coach, John Shackleton, basically like your big throwdown dunks, your exciting plays. That's one of them. And then we also give out the alpha dog of the week. So this is basically the guy who's stepping up, who's leading the team. I'm curious. I know you're probably new to these awards. But just based on the description, who do you think is going to take home the most awards week in and week out this year? What was that first award? First Shaq award. Fit man play of the week. Come on. That's going to Samuels every game. Okay. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> he, he, he has won. He's won them quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Second one was the alpha dog of the week. Basically, your team leader, guy who's getting it done. Uh, I mean, right there, you got to go with, you got to go with somebody like Justin, you know, because Justin fills the stat sheet. Like, he he really fills the stat sheet. Slade is another guy who fills the stat sheet. And then, uh, then you got Colin. You know, I, I feel like those three guys are like the core alpha dogs on the team. Mm-hmm that uh can get things done i mean samuel too samuel too he uh he shows the stat sheet so i would like to see all of them just like kind of rotate that award i like it i gotta ask you this one um so like your look when you played man the first off the, the uniforms that you guys wore especially in the 0506 year were just like some of my favorite unis ever but you had the iconic arm sleeve and then and then and then you also just had a look about you of like just total fire and intensity in your eyes, like every moment that you were on the court. The first like and we've had a lot of players who have a ton of intensity, like Josh Hart comes up, like 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 Brunson has a ton of intensity, like all, all these guys throughout the years played with a ton of intensity and like Villanova teams play hard. These guys play tough. Right. But like Justin Moore reminds me of a guy who has like that look in his eye when he's out there 
is is he I, i'm making a guess here is he like one of your favorite players since you <laughs> in the program no i i definitely like watching uh justin yeah. moore play um like you said, his his like demeanor doesn't change. He's like Derrick Rose. If you ever watched Derrick Rose, but he got this, he got the same face all yeah. game. And Justin's like that too. Like he just got the same face all game. You never see him smile. It's just he's either he either mad or he just got a neutral face. But uh, one of one of my one of my favorite players, like my favorite player since I left is Josh Hart. Like Josh Hart. I love yeah, I love that guy. I, I love the way he played. I remember when he was at Nova, like he he did everything. Rebound, he could score, lock you up on defense. Like he does the same thing in the league now. Like if I'm not mistaken, he was leading all guards and like rebounds and some craziness like that in the whole league. Like I, I love Justin John Josh Hart's motor. Like I, I love it. Like I love watching him play. He was, he were, I was, he was my second, he was my second guest in that, in that fashion. Um, because yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, on that 05, 06 team, you guys, you and you and Randy were guarding the four on like a lot of teams and it was not the same type of basketball that was played yeah. now. I mean, you guys kind of invented that style of basketball, um, with, yeah. with that team in, in that year. Um, so like the fours back in 05, 06 were, were like 6'10". <laughs> these, these were big dudes. And and Josh Hart reminded me of that guy. He would guard the four sometimes, get the boards over these guys, and it would remind me of a, a, a little bit of you guys. So I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah, they uh, they definitely was more physical than they are now um, yeah. back then when, when, I, when I played. Um, but Justin Moore does, like, have this swag about him. Like, you could, you could tell. Like, he got this swag about him on the court. Like, he know he good and – like nobody can mess with him. I, I, I like that about him. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, so who do you think on this year's team is the, like, what's the difference maker? What, who are you looking at? Like, and I'm going to exclude the freshmen getting more minutes because we've talked about that enough. Like, who do you think are the, out of the top six guys, who do you think is the guy who needs to like ratchet it up and if that guy ratchets it up, this team goes from the Sweet 16, which you kind of said is the floor, to like, oh, this 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 is a Final Four type team. Who's that guy? Brandon Slater. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we all can agree on that. You know, this dude has the typical prototype NBA body. Um, he has the skills. He's improved his jump shot tremendously. He's athletic. He can defend all positions. You know, I just think sometimes he's just not aggressive enough on the offensive end. Defensive end, he does he does his thing. You know, you've seen that block he had against Ivy before the half yeah. like that. Yeah. That's like not everybody can do that. You know, two no. athletic guys, two athletic guys like that going up. But, uh, yeah, I, I think when uh, once Brandon realizes how good he is, like and he starts being a little bit more aggressive, you know. I think that'll take our team also to the next level because he he's got the tools and you know obviously he's he's willing to learn and he'll put the work in because you can tell by the way he's shooting the ball this year. All righty, I like it. All right, let's end on a we're gonna end on a funny note. We got to ask this question. We wouldn't be doing we we have to ask this question. We have to ask this question. So. I'm a so I, I'm gonna set the stage here. We're freshmen. <laughs> You're a senior. Season's over. You guys take yeah. us to the Elite Eight. You didn't know it at the time, but you rebirth. You re the program's reborn. You're kind of off thinking NBA time, etc. You're like you know looking towards that. You're driving a Beamer around campus, like yeah, all of this stuff going on. Um, and the story goes, there's a legend out there. The story goes that you walked into a class uh-huh. and, the, and the professor was like, there's a test. And you said, A-Ray don't take no tests. And I have to know if that story has any basis in fact at all, because that was like a known story throughout campus. And I have to know. For real that I said that? I mean, that's, that's, that's the story. That's the story, that's the legend. 
Uh, I don't know about that one because oh. I never, I never really like wanted to seem like that type of guy, you know, like I don't want to be that, that stereotype like that. And if I did say it, I probably was, probably was joking, but <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't, I don't remember it, me walking to a class and saying that, but it, if I did, it, it definitely was a joke. <laughs> Everyone has told us before the interview, we talk a lot to D-Ray, we've talking, uh, we talked to a, uh, several other people and everyone says, Oh, a Ray's like a funny guy. Like it's so I believe that you were joking. It's just like, it, to me, it was like, I love that story so much. I've, I've like, that story has been like something that's just been in the back of my mind forever. <laughs> like that, I needed urban to ask, legend. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an urban, that's exactly right. Well, I'll tell you one story that's true. Yeah. Uh, when I used to live on, um, South Campus freshman year in uh, Stanford. I remember it was a few times. Um, I would come out the dorm to go to class, and if you know that bus that goes to main campus, yeah, yeah. If that bus was gone when I came downstairs, I would turn around and go right back <laughs> up, back into the dorm. <laughs> and so, and on a cold on day, yeah. on, on a cold campus. day. On a cold day, that campus was like a wind tunnel. That place is just freezing ice cold when you're walking around on that day. Man. Yeah, and coaches, assistant coaches, hey, Ari, you was you went to class? Yeah, I, I was there, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was there. Oh man, oh man, that's great. I was just looking at the mailbag. One, one other one. I, I, I sorry, I gotta ask. What happened with your eye? with Carl Krauser in the, in the Big East game. What, what, what exactly happened? Was it just that the eyelid flipped back? Yeah, okay. So first of all, Carl Krauser is one of my good friends. We grew up together. Okay. He's from the Bronx. And uh, we used to always play each other when we were younger. So what we was going wait, wait. after. So, so you're saying he had it out for you. That's, that's what I'm thinking <laughs> clearly. It, that's what that's the same thing I told him. I was like, bro, I don't want to hear nothing else, but you know you did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember going for the loose the, the loose ball. We was I was about to get ready to dive on the ball. And I just remember feeling like it, it felt like somebody stuck a piece of wood like in my eye. Like it was like his finger was hard as hell. Like I don't, I don't know what the hell he was doing with his hands, but his finger was hard as hell. And I just remember, I just remember my eye. It was like it was burnt immediately, burning, like burning, burning. I couldn't really take the pain. And I remember Jeff coming over there. Jeff, he like covers up my eye, and he's just like, I'm like Jeff, like why can't I see? Why is my eye burning? And he's just like, A Ray is gonna be okay. Hey, Ray's going to be okay. I get into the ambulance with my mother. I'm like, mom, oh, mom, man. why can't I see? Why can't I see? Like, why is my, oh, like, why is my eye burning? And she's just like, she's like, baby, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So at that point, nobody was giving me answers. And I freaked out. And I kind of just, like, passed out in the ambulance. And I just remember waking up in the hospital. And, like, my father was standing over me. And, like, I was able to see. But it was a little blurry. And I was just like, like, what happened? What happened? And the doctor came over and he was just like, well, your eyelid went behind your eye. So that's why your eye was burning. That's why you couldn't see anything. And I was just like, I was just like kind of relieved because I didn't know what the hell happened to my eye. And then I watched the video and it, it kind of looked like it popped out a little no, bit. No, but... no, it didn't kind of look like it. It, it, it all the way <laughs> it looked like did. it. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I was just happy about it. I was able to play the next game. Um, they wanted me to wear some goggles, but I was just like, I'm not wearing goggles. Like, <laughs> that, that's just not happening. But a, um, a Ray don't, yeah. a Ray don't take no goggles. Yeah, a, a, a Ray don't wear goggles. I, I wasn't wearing goggles. Amazing. Yeah, but that that was that. It just it, it didn't pop out. It just like my eyelid went behind my eye, and it went deep back there. Like he poked he poked me Ooh. pretty good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it looked like you ever see those like videos from back in the day, like those Guinness, what was it, Guinness World Records where the wimp, where the one woman would like open her eyes really wide and it would kind of like bulge out. It looked like that. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Charles used to uh, like make fun of me because of my eyes all the time. 
Like Chris Charles <laughs> always used to do that. <laughs> all the time. There was th- there was this one uh commercial that used to come on all the time and it was just like I can't remember the name of the animal, but the animal's eyes was huge. And he used to be every time we was in a locker room and they came out, he used to be like, Hey Ray, hey Ray. He's like, Hey Ray, it's you. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh my goodness, that's terrific. So that's good, terrific. Yeah. All right, e- easy one. What are, you, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Um, just chilling with the fam, making some food, and uh, just relaxing, man. That's it. Just nothing, nothing special. Awesome. Well, we have a little bit of a break here before the LaSalle game and the Big Five gets underway on Sunday. All right, A Ray, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have you back on in the off season, and we're looking forward to that. We, we want definitely a long form with you to uh, kind of talk through kind of what took what got you to Nova and everything since, um, and would love to just talk a little bit more. So, uh, thank you so much for having us on. Uh, I'm sorry, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And <laughs> you didn't have us on, <laughs> um, and uh, we really appreciate it. All right, man. Definitely appreciate it. Bring me back, man. Bring me back during the season. I love talking Villanova basketball. I love talking about the the team. And if ain't, ain't if nobody's getting in off the bench, man, yeah, definitely bring me back. We, we need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta have a therapy session, man. We gotta talk it out. <laughs>